Amen. Well, welcome to the house of the Lord once again today. I just want to take a moment and thank, first of all, the church family for your faithfulness, attending each week, gathering to the building. We believe it's so important to have a physical presence here at Christ City on these grounds, just a statement to the world. And to keep that pattern in our lives, that consistent pattern of gathering to the house of the Lord, the Word says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And we should gather all the more as we anticipate the great day that returned, the day of Christ's return. I do want to say thank you. They probably can't hear me right now, but to All Star Show Industries, just for coming out each week, setting up the screen so we can have this type of a service. I want to thank the owner, Roger Boyce, of All Star Show Industries for his incredible generosity in providing the screen and helping us out in that way. I want to thank all the team that's in here throughout the week that gathers and is here right now making this all possible. So we just thank you and we bless each person in the name of Jesus, and we are ready to receive the word today. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Acts, chapter 26. On the screen, we'll simply have the references. We tried fitting all the text. I know that would be hard to read from all points in the parking lot, so we trust you have your Bibles with you today. Acts 26, verses 12 to 19. While thus occupied, I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests at midday, O king. Along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goat. So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, without vision, people perish. Without vision, people perish. People wander. People run wild. People cast off restraint. People are uncontrolled. Vision is imperative to life. Saul received vision. Up to this point, he thought he had vision. He had authority. He had been commissioned. But the truth is that outside of heavenly vision, it's all wandering. It is perishing. It's running wild. It's uncontrolled. It's ignorance. 
So there he is journeying, and he stopped in his tracks. God grabs hold of him on the road to Damascus, and his eyes are opened, and rogue vision is stopped. Wayward vision, blind vision is halted. Saul received vision that day, and life was never the same. Once we receive heavenly vision, life is different. Once we receive heavenly vision, life is to be different. Life is not only to look different, it's to feel different. Life is to be lived different. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We see through spiritual eyes. We see heavenly realities. We see things for what they truly are. Once we received heavenly vision, life is different. We now come under the authority of Christ. We are now commissioned by Christ. What is the Spirit of the Lord saying to us? You see, we can have vision, the vision of the Lord. However, the question is, will we be obedient to the vision? We can say it like this, without obedience to the vision, people perish. People wander. People run wild. People are uncontrolled. People cast off restraint. Once we've received heavenly vision, life is to be different. But we have a responsibility. We must choose to be obedient to the heavenly vision that we have received. Acts 26, verse 19, in the New King James Version, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. The New Life Version, I obeyed what I saw from heaven. The New Century Version, after I had this vision from heaven, I obeyed it. After I had this vision, this awakening on the road to Damascus, the road that demasked us, after I had this vision, all things changed. I love how the message reads. I couldn't just walk away from a vision like that. I became an obedient believer on the spot. I started preaching this life change, this radical turn to God, and everything it meant in everyday life right here in Damascus, went on to Jerusalem and the surrounding countryside, and from there to the whole world. The Spirit of the Lord is saying to us today, the Spirit of the Lord is encouraging us today, don't walk away. Become an obedient believer. Start preaching this life change, this radical turn to God and everything it means in everyday life. We know full well that our lives are preaching, for we are living epistles read by all. Habakkuk 2, verses 1 and 2. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. And make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Saul was stopped in his tracks that day. Saul was corrected that day. 
And the Lord wrote the vision on the tablet of his heart. This heavenly vision, blind vision has passed away. Rogue vision halted and stopped. And the Lord wrote the vision on the tablet of his heart. And Saul gave his answer that day. And every day from then on forward, Saul started running. He had to keep the vision before his eyes, and we too have to keep the vision before our eyes. He couldn't lose sight of the heavenly vision. He had to frequently look upon the tablet of his heart, a heart forever changed and shifted by the Lord. Saul had vision. But vision without obedience is nothing more than a dream. Vision without obedience is nothing more than a dream. We need the restraint of Christ, that things don't get loose, that things are kept in check by Jesus. We surrender our lives. We're now under his authority. We're under his control, and we are commissioned by Christ. The old vision, the old way of seeing life has been forever changed. Some receive heavenly vision, but never become obedient. They never become obedient to it. The calling of the Lord, the commissioning of the Lord, the direction of the Lord, prophetic words, the Christian mandate, vision laid out in the Word of God. And I would ask today, what profit is there in having heavenly vision if one doesn't become obedient to it? What profit is there in having heavenly vision, this new understanding, this new reality, this new way that the Lord is leading us in? What profit is there in having heavenly vision if one doesn't become obedient to it? A man named Saul was stopped in his tracks. He was corrected. And receiving heavenly vision, he became an obedient believer on the spot. Now what I love is that the Lord took away his natural sight for a season. I believe so that all he would see and begin to see and come to see was heavenly vision. That heavenly vision would become the most real thing to Saul. Natural vision, earthly vision would always be secondary. Would always be dominated by heavenly vision. Acts 9 verses 1 to 9. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus. So that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and admonished, astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. 
And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and his eyes were opened. He saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. When we receive heavenly vision, we have to get our eyes off the natural. When we receive heavenly vision, when we are corrected along the way, when we receive this vision from Jesus, from the Lord, this heavenly vision, we have to get our eyes off the natural. That heavenly vision would become the most real thing to us. Blind to the natural, blind in the natural, but fully seeing in the spiritual. We need the Lord to do a deep work in us as we receive heavenly vision. Not just a surface work, but we need the Lord to do a deep work in us. You see, I believe that too many people upon receiving heavenly vision get messed up because the natural remains more real to them. The spiritual, this heavenly vision, is to become the most real thing to us. That's what was happening those three days. When the Lord took his vision, took his sight, his natural sight, his natural ability to see, that's what was happening those three days, the death, burial, and resurrection of natural vision. Natural vision that would forever be secondary to heavenly vision. Natural vision, natural seeing in this life that would forever be dominated by heavenly vision. Saul didn't eat or drink for those three days. Because for three days, he ate and drank the provision of heaven. For three days, he feasted on heavenly vision. The Lord did a deep work in his life, and he was never the same. Acts 9, verses 10 to 12. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one named Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, so that he might receive his sight. Verse 15, The Lord said to him, Go. For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Verses 17 and 18, Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me, that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. You see, this man's natural vision was forever altered. Heavenly vision had become his natural vision. He didn't see the same. It truly was the death, burial, and resurrection of his natural vision. And now, though he lived in the natural, he lived the life of faith. 
He lived a life of heavenly vision, heavenly realities. He now saw through the eyes of the Lord. We've received heavenly vision as individuals, as couples, as families, as Christians, as disciples, as sons and daughters, as churches, and so on. But the question today is this, are we obedient to the heavenly vision? The Spirit of the Lord is saying to all of us today, to each of us today, the Spirit of the Lord is saying, become obedient. Don't walk away. Become obedient believers. Start preaching this life change, this radical turn to God and everything it means in everyday life. Not just in word, but also in deed. In all things, our life, our manner, our mode, the flow of it all, regulated and dominated and controlled by heavenly vision. Heavenly vision is our natural vision. And we know that heavenly vision is life to us. It is assurance to us. It's hope. It's strength. It's blessing. It keeps things flowing right. Acts 26, 19. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I pray that we can stand and say that. That we would become obedient believers, not just those that have heavenly vision. Not just those that have heard it, that have received it through the ear gate and the eye gate, but those that, those that walk it out, those that let our lives line up with what we've received, those that start preaching this life change, this radical turn to God. Acts 26, verses 19 to 29. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting righteousness. For these reasons the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand, witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Now, as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you're beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. But he said, I am not mad, most, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. For the king before whom I also speak freely knows these things, for I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention, since this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You almost persuade me 
to become a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both almost and altogether such as I am. Today I unite with the prayer of the Apostle Paul, verse 29 in the New Living Translation. I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am. Some will think we're mad, that we are beside ourselves, and that is okay. You see, as it is with the message of the cross, so it is with heavenly vision. It's always being foolishness to the perishing, to those without heavenly vision, those disobedient to heavenly vision. It's foolishness to the perishing, but to us it's the power of God. Heavenly vision keeps us going and flowing on point and on track. We aren't mad. We speak words of truth and reason. Let's have the worship team return today. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I pray that not only now we could say those words, declare that is our truth and our reality, but that those words would govern our living and our lives until the day we meet Jesus Christ face to face. And as he lifts his voice, as the Father lifts his voice, saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Even the moments before we meet Jesus, we would be those at the end of our days that can look back and say with confidence and assurity, we can say, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Perhaps you're here today. We are here today. And this is our road to Damascus. This is our moment on the road. The road to demask us. Stopped in our tracks, corrected by the Lord. To us delivered heavenly vision, a new way of existence, telling us what we must do, how we must act. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the light of the world. He's our hope. Without Jesus, we are lost. Without the heavenly vision that he can give and that he can provide, we are lost. It's not just enough to receive heavenly vision. It's not just enough to receive the words that the Holy Spirit would even be speaking to you right now and pouring into your heart as he knocks on your heart. It's not just enough just to, just to know the Lord is calling us to obedience. Today, would you become an obedient believer? Don't walk away today. Don't drive away today. Thank God that you stopped in your tracks and that today, on the road where you are right now, this revelation of Jesus Christ and who he is, as light shines around you even right now, open up your heart.
fall to your knees and say, Jesus, I repent. Jesus, all the wrong that I've done, you may not totally even understand this today, but you feel the Holy Spirit and He's saying, I want to surrender. Listen, heaven and hell are real. At the end of our life, we go to one of two places. Jesus is offering us everlasting life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but would have everlasting life. Jesus Christ laid down His life that we might be reconciled unto the Father. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But today he's calling us home. He meets us on the road. He meets us on the road today and his light shines around us. The prayer today is that we would become obedient believers. That our natural sight, our natural life, our natural vision would be forever changed and forever altered. That heavenly vision would become the most real thing. We're on the road today and Jesus is stopping us in our tracks to save us from rogue vision, to save us from blind vision, worldly vision, unregenerate vision. Here he is to save us, not only to save us, but to bless us, to have relationship with us. This is not about religion. This is about a relationship. All the other things flow out of love, flow out of this relationship with Jesus. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Salvation is not of works, lest any should boast. This is the grace of God. He's inviting us in. All the rest will flow as we start this beautiful relationship with him. Jesus is here today to save us from rogue, blind vision, to save us, to use us, and to give us true vision and true sight. Just going to lift up this course today. More like Jesus. And would we, wherever we are, just make this our prayer. If more of you means less of me, take everything. All of you is all I need. Take everything, Lord. Take it all. Take all that we are. Take all that we have. We lay our lives down before you completely. All parts. We lay it all before you, Lord. Change us, Lord, like only you can. Our hearts in your hands. Father, we pray that you'd make us more like Jesus. More and more like Jesus. If more of you means less me take. If more years Yes, all of you Is all I need Come on church, if more of you means less of me If more of you Yes, Lord Yes, all of you is all I need. Take. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take. Yes, all of you is all I need. Take.
If more of you means less of me, if more. Oh Lord, changes. Oh Lord. So, Father, I pray. Yeah, change us, Lord. Whoa. This world. Lord, we thank you that you cared enough to stop us in our tracks, to meet us on the road, Lord, to stop the blind vision and the rogue vision in our life, Lord, and to fix it. The death, burial, and resurrection of natural vision, forever dominated by heavenly vision, forever controlled by heavenly vision, Thank you, Lord, that we are now called of you and sent of you. Commissioned by Christ under the authority of Jesus Christ. We thank you for all you've done in our lives. How you continue to lead us. And Lord, we pray that by your grace and by your help, as we continue, Lord, to work on the relationship with you and go deeper with you, I pray, Lord, that we would be those those that can say, we are not disobedient to the heavenly vision. We give you all the glory today. We say to you, Lord, who is seated on the throne under the Lamb that was slain, be blessing and honor, glory and power, both now and throughout the endless ages. If you've made a decision today to follow Jesus, if you'd like to make a decision today to follow Jesus, I'm going to ask you to turn on your hazard lights. I know it's a little different than normal church. Let's put your hand out your window. We have parking attendants in the parking lot. Just remain like that for a moment. Hazard lights are hands out the window, and they'd love to bring you a Bible. You can take this Bible. In the back, there is some information on how to receive Jesus, what salvation means, and how we can begin this relationship with Jesus. I'd encourage you to open up. I know there's 66 books and it might be foreign to you. But open up to the Gospel of John and begin to read. Come to an understanding of what Jesus Christ 
did for you. There's power in the Word of God, and let the Word of God go deep and open up your heart. Open up your heart. If you're a visitor here with us today, we have a small gift we'd love to give you. Again, if you just turn your hazard lights on or stick your hand out your window, the attendants will come and ask you the reason for your, your reception in this moment. I'd love to provide you with that gift. Thank you so much for coming today. Trust you've been encouraged and inspired in your walk with Christ. Encourage you. Walk with the Lord this week. Be an obedient believer. Start preaching this radical life change, this radical turn to God and all that it means in everyday life. God bless you, church. Amen.